in Seattle, Seattle. You need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to RodandGunsetDown.com. Don't go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 583 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live in our Les Schwab studios. Shout out to my dad. Happy birthday. Wow. Happy birthday. Your dad is, I, I had guessed 80 a moment ago, and you said he turned 84. Yeah, my mom, uh, 84 three days ago, so happy birthday to mom and dad. Happy birthday, to Bob and Alice down in Florida. Yeah. Anyway, that's really cool. 84. Wow. Congratulations. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, let's talk about a new idea of what we should do with empty office buildings. I think this idea is actually a really good idea. Also, let's talk about a worldwide epidemic now, they say, when it comes to teens and obesity. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Let's talk about the electric car. I've been looking at electric cars. I really want to buy an electric car. What's really interesting is we see a lot of electric cars, especially a lot of Teslas here in Seattle. But when you go to other parts of the country, uh, not so much, right? And I thought when you look at the overall fleet of America, that electric cars would, 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 I thought maybe we're somewhere around the seven, eight percent range. Uh, when it comes to overall car sales, it's actually less than 6%. I'd say it probably feels a little more here in Seattle or on the coast, but in other parts of the country, Ron, people still want their big SUVs. They still want their gas guzzlers that seem to not guzzle so much gas anymore. Uh, but at the end of the day, when you look at the weather systems that are happening, not just around America, but around the world, and we have some of the hottest, day- well, not some of the hottest days, the hottest days ever recorded in world history are happening now this summer of 2023, one after the other. They say a lot of that is because of cows and because of cars and the old combustible engine. Anyway, what say you? Because they say what's really interesting right now that we're on the other side of COVID, it seems like electric cars, the prices haven't really come down other than Tesla, but it also seems like electric cars right now are piling up. They are. Real quick before I give you my take, what what uh, rig were you looking at? I've looked at the Rivian, for instance. The truck? Yeah, I've That's looked at that. That's a good truck. That's yeah. a Bezos-back project. Yeah, I've also looked at the Cybertruck, and then I also know I was looking at uh, my cousin's Tesla SUV the other day. So I've not been looking- Not the Ford? Yeah, I've been looking- Well, the, the Ford is different. When you look at the F-150, the Lightning- uh, if you buy that truck during COVID, you could go out online and you could sell that truck for $30,000 or more. That's still happening. That's still happening with the, with the lightning because it's not readily available yet. So but. you were looking for trucks or SUVs. Yep. 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 So the, yeah, this is interesting. I think on a lot of different levels, one, because Tesla got way out in front uh, of this market, their, their stock was valued way higher than the you know the underlying would say you know wall street was very critical of how high flying it went it's because 
of Elon Musk sort of celebrity. Um, and they had a huge market share of the electric car thing. They sort of really put the gas into that fire, so to speak, to mix metaphors. And now everyone's following suit. I think the the interesting thing to me is that the charging station infrastructure, this is the thing where I think the electric car companies have done a really bad job uh, at convincing Americans. Most Americans feel like, um, I don't like a 300 or 400 mile range. In their mind, and I think this is just part of the culture, the DNA of America. Totally. What if I want to drive a thousand miles? Right. And it's like, well, when was the last time you drove a thousand miles? Fifteen years ago. <laughs> but if I wanted to, what would happen? Right. So they, we have this this notion that I could drive from I could drive I ninety all the way to Boston. Mm. It's like you could. Yeah. Have you done that? Well, no. So if you think about 400 mile range, um, that's a pretty good range. Like you could go to Spokane on that. You could go to the gorge. Uh, you could go to Portland. You know, 400 miles is a pretty good range. But in Amer- the American mentality, it's not enough. And so especially in middle America, especially if you live in Texas or Oklahoma or Kansas or something, the, the mindset there is I drive longer than that. No, you don't. Like you really don't. It would be very rare that you would take a trip outside the range of your EV. And so you go, oh, well, then we need this charging network. So the other genius of Elon Musk, and, and despite his politics and some of the crap he's done with Twitter, he has done some things that have, you know, have been pretty smart. One of his, his things was, I'm going to build 17,000 charging stations across America but it has, you have to have the Tesla plug. So some of the other big manufacturers like Ford and GM have, have just announced, we're going to go over to the Tesla plug, which is huge for Elon because these other off-brand charging stations were buggy. They didn't always work. You had to have adapters. It was just, it was not, not a good network. And they, and they slowly charged. It wasn't a quick charge. But I think the thing, I just saw a new Kia electric vehicle and it was parked right next to a Porsche. And so... Uh, Kia's kicking butt right now when it comes to electric vehicles, and so is Hyundai. Right, so. so I saw this, and I was like, I bet that Porsche is four times as expensive as this Kia electric. And if you just talk styling, just looking at the outside of the rigs, and if you were just, if you set them down next to each other and you took the name badge off, and you said, which one of these cars looks better and is more looks more expensive... I bet nine out of 10 people would have picked the Kia. The Porsche was a little bit boring. It's that kind of boring egg shaped back SUV. doesn't really look sporty. I mean, the Cayenne or something. Yeah. It was like, okay, I get it. I get it. But this other car looked futuristic. It looked more sleek. So I, I think there's some, some up and comers. If you don't need an SUV or you don't need a truck, uh, the, like that car to me was like, wow, when this comes out in the compact SUV version, if I buy a new car, uh, it's going to be an electric car because you know, my car is paid for similar to you. The other one that is super intriguing to me and I can't get it out of my brain is the Volkswagen bus electric. Have you, and they're not available in America yet. They've launched them in Europe. Um, it, they, they took design cues from the 1960s buses. So the ones with the, the multiple windows and the real rounded, uh, features. So it doesn't look, it's not a replica of that bus, but it looks more like that bus than the Vanagon bus. 
Um, it's a really cool looking platform. That to me is interesting. Like if I could have my car and an electric bus with a 400 mile range, I don't know if you've looked at the VW electric bus. Yeah, they're cool. That, yeah. that one to me could be, again, it wouldn't be my daily driver necessarily, but uh, I, I really like the, the image of that bus. Yeah, for a lot of people, though, they buy, it's the same thing. You're, you're shopping an interest rate when you're shopping for a car, and a lot of these electric vehicles, they start. I was looking at the prices the other day, even on some of the cars that you named, and, and you can buy some of these cars in a stripped-down version, but for a lot of the cars that aren't stripped-down, you're still starting at about $60,000. And for some people, that means, you know, a car payment of $1,000, $1,500 a month, depending right. on how much money you put down and the interest that you have to pay. And I just think for a lot of Americans, it's too much. And I think that's why these cars are piling up. So. Yeah, and then we're once they start to be able available on the secondary market, Toyota's interesting in that they've doubled down on the hybrid. And they're saying, hey, Americans don't want all electric. That's right, yeah. They want hybrids. And they're actually moving some hybrids. So yeah, doing the, the Prius uh, of the world, where you still put some gas in there, but you get you know your mileage is like sixty miles a gallon. That that's an interesting gamble. You know, VW and their you know suite of companies is saying we're going all electric. We're all in uh, for Audi and VW and everything else. Yeah, it it is weird when you when you go to Safeway, for instance, they have a lot of these charging stations, and they take up the best parking spaces. And there's no one charging their cars. And I think the idea is people come by, they supercharge their car, they'll go in, they'll buy food, they'll use our store, the Starbucks or whatever we have going, going on, and then they'll come back on and, t and take off. And there, there's there's one up here in North Seattle that I go to quite a bit. I never see any cars, I never see any cars charging there. So. Yeah, yeah it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Don. Now, listen to me. I had a neighbor walk up the street and say to me the other day, hey, we're interested in having you sell our home, but it seems like this is a bad time to sell a home, and we need the money from our home to leave Queen Anne, Washington, and we're going to Mexico, and we're taking our dog that we found in Mexico, Poncho, we're taking him back home, and that's where we're going to live from now on. What's crazy is... The gentleman that owns that house used to own the house that I'm sitting in. They sold me this house, right? Anyway, I had some good news for them, and I had to tell them, hey, is the summer much? You want to sell in the fall? The market is actually very good right now for sellers, but your home must be dialed in, and Ron, you must do your work in this marketplace right now. And if you do, sellers, you will be rewarded, right? Yeah, and it all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. No obligation. It's free of charge. It's on Zoom. It's about half an hour. Email me directly, ron at ronandon.com or go to the website, ronandonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, just reach out and we'll sit down with you virtually and then uh, we'll come down, we'll come out, we'll bring you a Ron and Don coffee mug and uh, we'll connect. Yeah, if you've been thinking, eh, maybe I guess this is where interest rates are going to be. I still want to be a buyer or some life event happened. It's like, I need to sell. My family member has passed away. Maybe there's a health situation. Maybe we need to get a bigger house because we had a baby or maybe I got transferred out of state. If, if you're in a situation where you're like, I have to sell, give us a call uh, or you can email Email me directly, ron at ronanddon.com. Yeah, and don't forget, with the biggest social media following this podcast in Washington State, we're not afraid to use it. And uh, it's one of our competitive advantages when it comes to buying and selling property. So reach out, ronanddonsitdown.com. Speaking of properties, 
It's interesting. I was down in Pioneer Square the other day looking around and I saw, did you ever go to the old J&M cafe down there? Of course. Yeah. Seems like the J&M is now boarded up. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but around it, lots of empty office space. And I think one of the reasons why we see a lot of empty office space down there is because it doesn't feel safe. Uh, I did mention in our last podcast though, that they really did a great job. We just had all-star week here in Seattle. They did a great job of cleaning up the city. They cleaned up Pioneer Square. I did not recognize it. It's interesting to me that it took a baseball game to clean up the city. All those people had to go somewhere, though. So now I'm wondering, does the mayor and the city council allow it all to return? Uh, Probably. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 I th- and I think what that means is that if you own a business down in Pioneer Square and you left, you're not coming back. And the mayor has said, well, we'll replace all the broken glass for free. It's going to take more than just repairing broken glass. Because what happens to glass that you repair if you haven't fixed the, uh, fixed the underrooting problem? It's just going to break again. Someone's going to smash that glass again. So I think a lot of businesses are saying, hey, if we're not going to do business in downtown Seattle or a place like Pioneer Square or down near the state and district, where could we do business? And we see a lot of those businesses being floated out to other places. I was up in Edmonds the other day. Every storefront is full. Every sidewalk is full. Uh, But also on those sidewalks, you don't see people taking a her in a bucket, right? You don't see people sleeping in the doors uh, up in Edmonds, Washington. And because of that, uh, a lot of people want to live in those places and spaces because they feel like it's safer and cleaner. And it, it was alarming. I, I went into a Safeway on the east side and I said, hey, what's the bathroom code? And they're like, there's no code. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I can just why, open a bathroom door? Like, what is happening? So yeah. what do you say to people you, that, are like, that, that, that ask you, hey, why couldn't we just take these empty office buildings and make condos out of them? Yeah, the problem with that is the way that the office buildings are wired. So think about if you've ever ever worked in an office building and the lights went out, for instance, or the AC went down on your floor. Uh, When the AC goes down and they call the electrician and he shows up, he doesn't come into your office space. And let's say you're down in the Columbia Tower and you're on floor 42 and you're sharing that space uh, and there's lots of space there available right now. Let's say you're sharing that space or that particular floor with six other businesses if the lights go out in one business, they go out in all the businesses. If the air AC goes out, it goes out on the whole floor. And so when the electrician shows up, because the way that that was wired for commercial, he goes to one electrical panel. This is just a, a, an easy way to explain it, right? He goes to one electrical panel. He fixes whatever needs to be fixed. And then when on, on floor 42, when the dentist gets his AC back or their lights back on, then everybody in the floor, they get their lights or their AC back on, right? And, and it, now, now let's say you converted that to condos. It's different because inside each and every condo, you have to have a different electrical panel, right? Because you have bought this condo and you own this space inside this bigger space. And so the electrical company, when they bill you, they want to build, and let's go back to floor 42 and, and, and Columbia Tower. This has now been converted to condos. Well, when the lights go out in, let's say, uh, apartment 421 or condo 421, they go out just 
typically in that particular apartment. And maybe it's because your power's turned off because you didn't pay your bill, or maybe you flipped a breaker. My point is, uh, when you look at all the different utilities in a building, and I'm just using the electrical as, as one example, you would have to go in and you would have to tear the electrical out in that whole building and you would have uh, to rewire the whole stinking bill. And it's just so cost prohibitive to do that. Uh, let's say, I, and I was, I was on floor 42 in the Columbia Tower the other day where my dentist is. I have to go to the bathroom. They don't have a bathroom inside the dentist's office there. They have two bathrooms and and I think they're I think they have they still they're old school. They still have a man's bathroom and a woman's bathroom. That's where you go to the bathroom because that's where the floor drains are. Well, if you convert this into apartments or condos, well now you have to create floor drains for all the toilets that you have to put in for all the apartments and all the condos, all the dishwashers that are going to run, all the washers and dryers, right? So so, so the needs for an apartment or a condo are very, very different than a commercial building. So the buildings may look the same on the outside, but the guts inside are very, very different. And we haven't reached that tipping point yet, even though we have, we have a, a nationwide shortage when it comes to housing. It's still cost prohibitive to go in and to convert these buildings. And probably what you'll have to see is, and, 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 I, and they're predicting our commercial space, if we have a recession and a crash, it's going to be because of commercial real estate and not the stuff that's down on the streets, not the stuff that you can access when you can walk in a door or a coffee shop and then above it, you have commercial space. It's those spaces that are up and above and I walked around the Columbia Tower yesterday, and there's lots of spaces that people have abandoned. They're not in anymore, and they're going to have a very difficult time repurposing this. So what, what is the idea that you saw that was well, not, not uh, converting maybe, it to maybe, condos? Maybe, yeah, I, I, I saw an idea of doing some vertical farming inside some of these buildings that I think is very interesting. So you could farm inside some of these buildings but can you live inside some of these buildings? I think vertical farming is a good idea in a place like Detroit. But at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to see all our commercial spaces uh, converted to vertical farms. I also think that we aren't going to see a lot of companies force people to return to the office. Here in Seattle, I think we're very lucky because the tech companies around here have put a lot of pressure on workers to return and I was talking to one of my friends the other day that is uh, pretty high up in Meta. In fact, was working on, uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, it's been working on Threads, uh, the new Twitter that Meta has. And he said it's really interesting when you look at 20-somethings. He said it's all about the food. He said if you have great food, people will come. If you don't, they won't. So it's all about the food, man. Uh, so maybe you could vertically farm on a floor, and then you could feed that to tech workers, and maybe that would get them to come back. We will see you on the other side of this.
Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks. You hear him on the show from Mitch.loans. And Mitch, you guys have a cool program out right now because interest rates are higher than they've been for quite a while, but you have a solution possibly for buyers. We do. Rates are high, but they're expected to go down. And that's why we came up with this program. It's the Rate Replace Program. So you can buy at current rates. And then when rates drop within the next year or so, you actually get to replace that rate and the fees are on us. So you can refinance that loan into a new loan and we will cover the lender fees for you. So that's the rate and replace program. Replace that rate. Very cool. So that's a, a really a good incentive for buyers. Uh, you can buy now with the security of knowing that Mitch at Mitch.loans will replace that rate. Check him out right now online at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I don't know how they come up with this number, $334 million. $334 million kids worldwide. And we always hear about kids being hungry. 334 million of our kids worldwide are struggling with obesity. It's really interesting when you go back and you look at pictures of the old Seattle. I was looking at some pictures the other day. Do you look at Seattle Vintage at all online? I, some, I follow some of them on Instagram. It's very interesting when you when you look at kids in the late 1800s, the early 1900s, even up through 1940 and 50. Even when you look at old pictures of your grandparents and your parents, you don't see a lot of obese young people, but. What's really interesting is when you look at the pandemic and we were all concerned about going out and and catching this fatal disease, but I don't think what we paid attention to is the amount of alcohol and carbs and sugar that that adults would consume. And as a result of that, uh, a lot of kids consume that as well. So I was looking at these numbers. I was a bit shocked by it. I was talking to a friend about it. And she said, you know, a lot of it is because kids begin to look at screens and they really don't do anything else. And for parents sometimes that are struggling, think about it. They're looking at screens too. They struggle with sugar and alcohol themselves. And so to try to throw a lifeline sometimes to their kids uh, can be very hard. I'll, I'll share this story, and I want to be careful because it, it, it's personal. But my, my, my son had gone to see his pediatrician, and we looked at where he was in, in his ranking and how much he should weigh. And, and he was obese, and, and, and he was in a percentile that I was not comfortable with he had been in this percentile for a number of years, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you say you'll keep an eye on it, and we'll see if he grows out of it. This started happening before COVID, and then during COVID, it certainly got worse. And as a parent, I had to make a decision, and I started talking to my friends and, and family members that I consider to be pretty good parents, and they said, the thing you have to be careful about, and I talked to my my um my counselor about this too, because she deals with uh, a lot of kids that have grown up to become adults that have issues around food. And we talk, and the thing, how I'm like, how can I talk to my son about food where he's not shamed? And at the same time where it's, it's pretty clear that we have to start making better choices. 
And, and, and so I talked with her about that for a long time. And then I just went to my son one day and I said, Hey, because he's, he was always curious about me going to the gym. And I, and I said, Hey, would you like to go to the gym with me one day? And he said he would love to do that. And, and so I went and I talked to the gentleman that runs the gym and I said, Hey, I'm going to bring my son in. Is that okay? And he said, how old is he? And at the time he was still 12. And, and he said, as long as he's connected to you and as long as he, there's a number of other things that he has to do. And I it's said, to push hey. big weights. I said, he's hey. got to be pushing the uh, yeah. 45. I said, hey, I'm going to bring him in. Would you have that talk with him? And he goes, absolutely. So I brought him in. We sat down with Chris and Chris said, hey. And he talked to him and he said, hey, I've heard really good things about you. We usually don't let kids in here. We let young men and young women in here. And he said, here's the rules. This is what you have to do. And anytime... I, I think it's good sometimes to set a bar for kids, see if they can jump over it. And, and ever since that time, I, I told my son, I said, hey, look, we're going to go for a week. And at the end of the week, if you decide you don't want to come anymore and you don't want to do this, we're not going to do this. But if you decide that you want to get a membership, then we're going to commit to it. And we're going to buy a membership for a month. And at the end of the month, if you decide that you don't want to do this and, and, and you're not committed to it, then, then we're going to stop doing it. But if you decide that you want to continue... And, and I and I learned about this in therapy. Don't don't bite off more than you can chew. So then I said, let's do it for three months. And if we get the three months, we'll get to six. We just did our six, and now we've decided, hey, for the rest of the year, we're going to be committed to this. So every day I would pick him up from school, and I would just say say, hey, what do you want to do today? And he's like, I want to go work out. And so we would go work out, uh, and we would go to the gym. And we started with just walking a quarter of a mile on the treadmill. And a quarter of a mile uh, kicked his ass. and But that's what we did. We did a quarter of a mile. We did some groundwork. We did some stretching. We did some weights, which he really started to like. And we started with a quarter of a mile. Then we went back and we said, hey, I wonder what it'd be like if, if we ran a quarter of a mile. And to show him what a quarter of a mile is, I took him out one day when we were playing football. And we went around the whole track at Ballard. And I said, that's a, that's a quarter of a mile, just one lap right there. He went, wow, that, that's pretty far. And he was pretty proud of himself. And I said, yeah, that's great. And he wanted to play some football. And I really felt like if he didn't get in better shape, he wouldn't have been able to keep up with the other kids. And it would have been a really bad experience. So it's one of the reasons why I wanted to start introducing some cardio in his life. Along with that, we started talking about food. We started talking about sugar. We started talking about food is not a bad thing or a good thing. We talked about sugar is not a good thing or a bad thing. I said, did you know that, that your body, run, your brain runs on sugar? Your body runs on sugar. So we learned about sugar. We learned about glycogen. We learned about the liver and, and how important it is. Uh, we learned about the brain, even as you sleep at night. Sometimes it'll eat up 80% of the sugar in your body. It runs on sugar. So, so sugar, a lot of times we think of sugar and we think of a, a three musketeer bar. And, and, and then at night we started thinking about what are some of the whole foods that we could be, begin to eat? What's a protein we could eat? Uh, we eat raw vegetables every night. We eat a raw fruit every night. He's been involved in picking that out. And instead of eating potato chips every night, we still eat potato chips, but I throw them in his lunch one time a week. Uh, or I'll throw, like I made him a lunch yesterday and I threw a piece of chocolate in his, cause I don't want him to think that food is bad. And this is what I learned from my counselor. Uh, food is not good or bad. Ron, you've, you've taught me this as well. Food is fuel 
And if we're going to use that fuel, let's fuel the things that we want to do. I have to say, and I don't know if you've seen him lately, he's really into going. Uh, we're kind of through that stage in puberty where I think he's, he's looking around and thinking about what other kids think about him. He's looking in the mirror. He started taking a shower in the morning now before he go to school and before he didn't care. Underarm deodorant, hair's coming in, all that stuff. And I, I, I'm really proud of him because my, my son today can get on the treadmill and, and we went on a run and we walked one quarter of a mile and then together we jogged and then we ran three miles. He, wow. can, he can run three miles on, on, on a treadmill. Uh, and so we do about three, we, we do a, a quarter of a mile warm up, and then we do three miles together. Then we do our groundwork. He lifts his weights. He went out, had a great experience in football. He sees himself as an athlete now, which he didn't see before. And then he's been talking to me now about food and he does it in a really cool, healthy way. So we still have hamburgers, hot dogs, there's a there's a there's a food truck we like down at the end of the street that serves smash burgers. We go there probably once a week. We get a smash burger and some French fries, but but we've also learned to make some other pretty good food choices. And and I think I think I think we have reached a place that feels healthy to me. And it's never been about losing weight. It's always just been about. I said, hey, you have one temple. This is it. You have one heart. Chances are you're not going to get a new one. You have one set of lungs. You got one brain. Uh, you got one fascia. We were talking about fascia the other day and learning about that. And, 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 and so by doing this slowly, without shame, and, and my counselor and Ron, you've really helped me with that, we are, we are in a much better place, and he is no longer on that obesity chart. How does that make you feel? Because I know you've been a, you're a workout machine my entire life. I've always admired how, how you approach that. How, how does it feel to have him show interest? Felt great. I didn't do it for a long time because I learned early on that I didn't want to make him a mini-me, that I wanted to follow his bliss. But sometimes it's okay if you expose your kids to your bliss. And, and, and I really tried to do that in a way where it would be his decision to continue to go in the gym rather than, hey, uh, we signed you up for this and uh, damn it, and you're going to do it for the next year and that's it because I paid good money. <laughs> which, which, which I tried with basketball and that did not work. Right. That did not work. So this, this was a better way. Anyway, we will see you on the Friday edition of the Ron and Don show. It's a real estate only edition and everybody should tune in. That's right. And also it's one that we'd love for you to share. We also will love it if you reach out to us, if you've been thinking about real estate, uh, I get some questions every week that are non-real estate oriented that people go to run it on sitdown.com that just want to share something with us uh, because they've listened to us for a long time. That's always welcome. But yeah, uh, if you, if you're thinking about buying or selling real estate, that's our number one job is, is real estate now, Ron and Don real estate. And so uh, go to Ron and Don sitdown.com book 
that sit down, buyers or sellers. This is the market. All right. We are in the market we're going to be in. Uh, things there, there's no, nobody coming in to rescue this market. This is the market. So get used to it. Uh, get competitive. We have strategies to win in this market. This is the market we're in. We don't want to pretend like we're going to be in some other market. This is the Pacific Northwest. So uh, let's get a game plan Play and, let's, and let's get in there. All right. Yeah. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, as Ron said, just reach out, ronandonsitdown.com. If you're thinking about buying or selling, we have playbooks. They're ebooks. Takes you about 20, 30 minutes, cup of coffee in the morning. You can plow through that thing, give you lots of great ideas about what you should be doing to prepare yourself if you're going to buy or sell. We wrote those books just for you. We'd love to send you one. You can write ron at ronanddon.com. And uh, he'll send you one today. Also, please give us a like. We're going to send you the newsletter each and every week as well when you get signed up for that at ronandonsitdown.com. And if you give us a five-star review, that helps us in the algorithm to make the show more popular. And then uh, we can still find people that are looking, uh, looking for the Ron and Don Show. We find new people each and every day thanks to you and all your help. Thanks for allowing us to be your realtors, your friends, and your broadcasters. Until next time, keep your head up and your shoulders back. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network.